What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. I realized the other night I had a dream about... About empanadas? About empanadas. <laughs> I'm serious. I woke up and I was like, oh man. Man, I'm hungry. Yeah. So today we are wrapping up our Farm to Cup series and doing a debrief of our Bolivian trip. Last week we finished Farm to Cup in the sense of doing a coffee tasting from four different coffees that we've picked up in Bolivia talking a little bit about the brewing and making coffee. Uh, And soon enough, we will have a full episode coming out with all the different ways that you can make coffee uh, that's yet to be released, but it's already been recorded. And so today... Do you think we should re-record that? That would be the third time that I recorded it. (laughs) To be honest. Which, I mean... I'll I'll listen to it. Yeah. I'll listen to it and we'll go from there. Because, I mean, not that it needs to, but I think perspectives, especially on my end, have changed. Yep. I mean, it was early on in our Mm -hmm. recording. That was one of the first episodes we did. Yep. So, um, maybe. Just listen to it and we can decide. Okay. I'm fine. But either way, uh, whether you get the, the version we recorded before or this new version... We will have an episode coming out. Yeah. With the tears list. Or we do a live response episode to the tears list. Yeah, we could do that. Might be cool. Yeah. It might not be. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure see. it out. Yep. So, <clears throat> wrapping up Cultivation to Cup last week. And so, this week, we are just kind of putting a punctuation mark at the end of our entire Bolivian trip um, and so kind of filling in the timeline uh, part of that whole series was recorded on location in Bolivia and so kind of wanted to fill in the timeline a little bit more of what was going on in between episodes being recorded and then also talk about you know kind of the question why did we go to Bolivia and there's several Kind of parts to that, but we'll kind of dive into that and then maybe share a thing or two we learned about each other or ourselves. So I think it's going to be a really good episode. Mm. We are not going to talk about tasting a coffee this episode like we typically do because we do record several episodes at a time 
and we just finished recording last week's episode, and we've had a lot of coffee today. <laughs> yeah, we drank four different coffees <laughs> last episode. So, and one before that, and one before and that. You had two before. before that. Yeah. So that puts me seven cups of coffee deep. And I'm at five. Yeah. So we are not going to talk about any more coffee tasting today because we've had enough, quite frankly. <laughs> and it's going to be a heavily caffeinated and really good episode. So good luck keeping up. Yeah. Uh, so, Zach, start us out just kind of talking through. Uh, we left May 31st from Macon mm-hmm. and drove to Atlanta. Stayed at the some hotel. The airport. There, the airport hotel. Because yeah. we had a super early morning. Mm-hmm. Flew from Atlanta to Houston, Houston to Panama City. Panama, not Florida for those. Like my wife, she was like, why are you going to Panama City, Florida? I'm like, we're not. Um, and then from Panama to Santa Cruz, Bolivia. Mm-hmm. That was... What did we figure out? About 18 hours? Something like that. Travel time? Our flight left at 7 in the morning, so we were checking into the airport at 5. Yep. So. It was a very tiring trip, and if you remember the first episode that we that we recorded uh, while we were there, I think you can you can hear it in our voice. A little we fatigued. Yeah, we were pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The trip wasn't what I thought it would be. Like I, I, I'm not sure what I expected, but like it was, it was better than what I thought it would be. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, I was wondering. So, wondering what your your kind of first blush thoughts after were. It was the first time that you've traveled with me. Uh-huh. What was the first time that we spent? A, other than Indian Springs last year, which we weren't hanging out a ton then, but it was the first time that we spent 10 solid days together. And it was the first time that you traveled with me abroad. Yep. Um, so that was... I expected things to be a little higher paced maybe, but I think that was in part because we weren't completely and totally in control of our like schedule, our... Mm-hmm. our um, our time there was really dependent on someone else. Um, so I, I think that's the 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 one thing that I was surprised by. Um, like traveling with you was exactly what I thought it would be. Super annoying and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let's get all of the the punches out right away. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Whenever, whenever we got in the truck, um, and we drove to Macon, or from Macon to Atlanta, um, sometime between there and getting on the plane, there was a f- flip of a switch, mm-hmm. and I think it was just both of us getting in like go mode, right? Um. <clears throat> My go mode ran out a little quicker than yours. Um, I mean, you've done a lot more mm-hmm. international travel than I have. 
that was long long trips or multiple days spanning multiple days. Right. So, and being in, in well, you you had had a similar experience in in Turkey in that you know you you moved around from place to place and were only in in one spot for a few days, and that was pretty consistent with our trip to to Bolivia, yep. but. And that's, you know, across the board, um, you know, and so when you're saying, well, I thought it'd be higher pace because we might, but we weren't able to set our own, well, we set our schedule to some degree, but any time that you're doing this kind of missional travel, there's always an element that we don't control. And, um, you know, like when we go to Kenya, it'll be similar and I think too, in some some ways, it's just kind of the nature of it. Mm-hmm. There there are parts of it that are kind of hurry up and wait, and well, and then <laughs> parts of it that are like this is Bolivia, right? So you uh, get what you get. Yeah, and you're you're going to be on their schedule some. Um, so so yeah, I I definitely agree that there was a point where. Um, I think about the time we got to Atlanta, like I was kind of landing into that mode of, you know, it's go time. Um, and you're right. Like this is something I, I do a lot more frequently than you with international travel with Beehive and and visiting different ministry partners. And it was my second trip down. I will say going in country this time was a lot easier than I thought as far as... It was a lot easier than you made it out to be. Right. But I think that was... Uh, I'm, I, th- I think I'm... It was a good surprise. It was very pleasant to have yeah. that as a surprise. And next time we go down, we'll, it will be even easier because now we both have our visas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was not ready for that to be as as easy as it was. So that was a nice re- surprise for sure. Um, so the first three nights we were there, we stayed in Santa Cruz right off the main square and kind of had a few days to just try to catch up, adjust and yeah, which, you know, there's no time change adjustment like there will be when we, we go, uh, to Kenya or Southeast Asia, uh, which is nice because it's on the same time, but different hemisphere south of the equator. And to be honest, the weather was perfect. Sitting here in July in middle Georgia, I miss the fact that they're in winter right now. You know, it didn't click with me at first until, I don't know, maybe the week before our trip. I was like, oh, wait, they're going into winter. Mm. This is going to be great. Yep. Let me pack some long sleeve stuff. Because I don't know why, but I had it in my mind that it was going to be just sweltering and hot and muggy mm-hmm. i was like we're gonna be in a rainforest it's gonna be just sticky and nasty the entire time and it was not yeah makes you wonder what it would be like if we went in january which would be there summer middle I mean, of we, their summer i mean we can try it we might have to at some point so um so yeah three days in santa cruz mm-hmm. kind of and i got to kind of take you to my favorite street food vendors and we climbed the bell tower kind of did some other stuff almost had a heart attack well yeah we ran up the bell tower um 
And so we spent a, the first part of, the, of our time in country, we spent, I was doing some work with Beehive preaching at the university and got to speak at the youth night as well as a, another opportunity to, to speak with or speak to all of the administrators. So that was sort of the first leg of everything was doing some of that ministry work. And then we went to Walter's. That was the best part of the trip to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it might be. Well, man, I, we mentioned it in another episode, I think. Um, but like when we were there, it was um, like you, you were kind of forced to unplug. Mm-hmm. Like there were no electronics and there was no reception. So it was especially like in my line of work and, and maybe yours too, like where we're super, super dependent on technology. Mm-hmm. It was nice to just back away from that. Cause even like whenever, like when I went on vacation with Amanda and Harper to California, like first few days I was working right nonstop to make sure that I would like even answer an emails while we're in line standing on a ride at Disneyland or, you know, going somewhere like at the lake for Father's Day, mm-hmm. answering emails and, you know, trying to figure things out. But you you unplug enough to where you have leisure time and like you're, you know, spending time with family or whatever, but you're never really truly unplugged. Mm-hmm. It never actually stops. But when we were at Walter's Cabin... I didn't, you, know, you don't have a choice. Right. You are forced to unplug. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was, it was nice. It was really. It was welcome. It was. Yeah. Just to lay in his hammock and watch the sunset over the foothills of the Andes, cup of coffee in hand. It's pretty idyllic. Yep. It was nice. Well, and he put up a spread for us like I have never seen in a barbecue. Yet. Oh well, I did get to eat that. Yeah, yeah. You your first few days in, you were I was a little sick. You were a little rough. Yeah, but you rebounded pretty well. Same thing happened to me in Turkey. Yeah, and it was just um, my body just telling me like, "Hey, bruh, it's time to it's time to slow down a little bit and let me catch up." <laughs> <laughs> the first few days. There's a lot going on, so. Yep. Um, now I get that. But, yeah, that barbecue that, that Walter put out for us was unbelievable. Those short ribs were yes. pretty good. Yep. I mean, I was about to go, like, full-on Maasai and just eat all of the grilled meat. I think I did, actually. Just... Keep shoving it in until mm-hmm. until you can't anymore. Yeah. And then some. And then taking out. That's about how it was. Um, so we left the hotel, went to Walters, unplugged. It was about 36 hours that we were kind of up. I can never remember the name of the little village near his plantation. It no. means little orange in Spanish. Arancita, I think. I run, I run. Jim said it in the cultivation. Yes, two episode. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I know what you mean. Right. So yeah, a little orange. Um, and that was fun because we got to record that episode mm-hmm. while we were there with Walter and Jim and learn a little bit more about, you know, what they're doing specifically to cultivate coffee. And so it's going to be exciting to see as we go back and see Walter's plantation growing up and, uh, just, well, and all the other coffee growers in that region too. Right. Cause it's up and coming. Right. It's not a super well-known area for coffee. And they were all like, you know, Jim was saying, Hey, we could go see, you know, this person, this person, this person's farm. And we just ultimately were out of time and not able to to see all of that but you know there's a potential that we can go back and see it in the future and uh while we were out there we also got to go to the university farm plot see the pig farm see the the coffee that they're growing uh for the the university as well and then after that we went back to santa cruz for a couple of days Right. The one thing you missed <clears throat> in that stretch of two, two and a half days, whatever mm-hmm. it was, the farm or the land that borders Jim's farm, mm-hmm. just sitting on that ridge with the wind whipping over mm-hmm. and you can't see, I mean, for miles and miles and miles and miles, you see nothing but the Andes, foothills of the Andes and then in the in the far distance yeah. you see the Andes and you're just like, man, this is, it's just so serene and quiet. And one thing I did notice while I was there, and I don't think I ever mentioned it, but you think about noise pollution, like, mm-hmm. like, um, I was going to mention it last episode whenever the train was going by, um, or several episodes or the grass people or, you know, whatever you hear all this noise pollution, like even when we were in Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. you hear the street noise and like fireworks and all that stuff. But like you didn't hear noise pollution there. Mm-mm. It was just wind. Yeah. You know? And then like you, we saw that uh, capuchin monkey that right rustled up in the trees. We had the... We saw a uh, toucan. Toucan, yep. It was the first toucan I've ever seen in the wild. That was pretty cool. Me but too. You, you spotted it. Um. Yeah, and you don't, I, I don't think that we realize how much of an effect noise pollution has until we're in a place where we don't have it. Uh, that's always one thing that I notice when we go down to the beach is that quiet. And that, I mean, there's, there's still some noise pollution there, but I mean, you know where I live in Macon, like we're pretty close to downtown, so regular occurrence yeah. is to hear sirens and, um, that's always one of the first things that I think about when I get home from a trip, particularly like, well, the beach or even more dramatically, you know, South America or when I'm in Kenya. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing. But like the only noises you hear at night are insects and hyenas and stuff like that. So, yeah, good, good catch because... It was really nice. I will, we will go back to that ridge and sit on that ridge again. Absolutely. And if we could get that ridge 
yep. for a cisterna. That would be awesome. But that's not in the cards. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place to to go be and see the Andes in the distance. So, all right. Well, um, leaving Walters, we went back to Santa Cruz for a couple of days. And that's when we... We stayed at the university. Yes. And then... Didn't we stay at the university the day before we went to Walters? Mm-mm. No, we just dropped stuff off, didn't right. we? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we stayed at the apartments in the university for a couple of nights, recorded the processing episode there. That's right. And um, that is also when we had our meeting with Bolivian Agritrade. That is right. And so that was scheduled. That was kind of like one of the things that I had written down for our show notes for today was, you know, why did we go to Bolivia? And obviously to meet our producers, for me to be able to make introductions for you to meet Jim and Francisco, um, but also to build relationships with our direct trade partners. And that really key part in that is our friends at Bolivian Agritrade, who are helping as our export agents. Um, it literally would not be possible without them. Right. And so kind of the big, big part of the entire trip was was es- helping establish that relationship mm-hmm. there. And we're going to go easy on Jim because he is recuperating from a fall. But Jim did forget about that meeting. <laughs> and we covered that in an episode recently. Um and it all worked out. It was actually, I think, in some ways it worked out better. I think so, too. That um, we went and we met with them and we figured it out. We communicated through broken Spanish and broken English and Google Translate. And I think because of that, I think we've got a, a stronger friendship and relationship with those guys. I think so, too. Um, so that was a big part of the whole trip was... <laughs> making that cross-town journey in probably the worst or the second worst taxi in all of Santa Cruz. Although the one the one taxi we got in, and then I like texted you and said, it smells like vodka in here. I was more nervous about riding with that guy than... That guy was everywhere, I too. Know. Yep. I mean, it was like, man, this could be it. This might be the... It's been nice knowing you, yeah, Matt. Last ride, right? <laughs> <laughs> Throws a bottle out the window, looks back at us and says, I should have sold. And we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> it's not going good. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. But you know, the the one that we took to the, to the meeting mm-hmm. versus the one after. Right. Yeah. Well, the world looked a lot different after that meeting. Remember, like going there, we were kind of grumpy that we were going solo. And I think that was close to about the time that your your go-go was running out. We was getting there. We were there. We had been there. My go-go ran out whenever we'd been there 8 days, 7 days at that point. I think I think I was running low either then or the next day when we were in Buena Vista. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it started, like, really. Yeah, Yeah, you had come to me in the apartment at the university, and we're like, 
I'm, that was that night. Yeah, I'm starting that was to feel that it. night. So, um, but the world looked a lot different after that meeting, and I remember us texting Hutch after, and him being like, "Well, how'd it go? Like, it went really well." And and then, like you said, we got the best cab in all of Santa Cruz for the ride back, and um. I can't remember what we did after that. We were getting ready to leave to go to Buena Vista. So. I think you spoke that night. Yes. Yep. I I did. You I spoke, spoke to the administration that night. That's true. After all, <laughs> that was a full day. That was a big day. Uh, there was a lot going on. And then we went out to dinner with Maioli and Jim and Hutch. That's right. Um, which... We went to kind of like an upscale food court, and you would get stuff that you would never expect. And I ended up going to a Mexican-Indian fusion restaurant that was pretty cool. It was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so then... Then you got in trouble for not wearing your mask. That, remember that? That could have been anywhere, but yes. That, uh, that security guard. I know. Just justifying his job. Mm-hmm. He had one job. He did, yeah, he did it. He did it really did. well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that wasn't that was a hard. Not it wasn't hard, you know, like following the rules or whatever. Hard, but just like you being out in the countryside, being like out at the university, and you know, seeing you know, kind of the COVID restrictions relaxing, and then going back somewhere public. And everywhere you turned around, people were telling you to mask up again. And I was not super fan of that. But um, then the next day we got up and went to Buena Vista, which I think that's, I'm not going to say that like the mojo ran out for me there. Um, I was really looking forward to that part of the trip. I thought that would be kind of, it would be more fun and it would be just kind of like the, the tail end. Mm-hmm. We'd be able to relax. Buena Vista in and of itself is an amazing town because it is like right in the the rainforest. And so it rained every day we were there. Um, but it's cooler and it's, you know, we talked about in cultivation episode and, and elsewhere it's not always elevation that dictates the coffee. Sometimes, like in Buena Vista, you've got these perfect conditions. Elevation at lower, just... Yeah, lower elevation, right? You know, that uh, it's cool, it's, it's damp, it's got all of the things that coffee needs to grow. And um, so getting a chance to, to meet Francisco and, and see his coffee, and that was kind of the other big thing for me was mm-hmm. to introduce you to him, but then also see the coffee that we're importing right now, make sure everything was still good there, and um, kind of finalize that deal. Kind of firm up that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we had our time promised to a lot of people that we didn't have any control over, and I wasn't super happy about that. Um, which turned out, ultimately, learning how to do business down in Bolivia. That's kind of how it goes. And it was good, you know, to get to see the uh, director of 
agricultural development for all of Buena Vista was important in hindsight. Yeah, we didn't realize we didn't yeah. realize how important it was at the time, I think. Yeah. Um so but looking back now, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was something that ultimately like I think I learned learned about myself on that trip and or on, on that part of the trip in particular was just like I had done pretty well to be pretty, you know, chill about a lot up until then. And I, I mean, I, I won't say I had anxiety, but like there was a part of it where like I wanted you to have a good trip. You know, I wanted it to, because in the back of my mind, like I told you one day when we were down there, it was like, you know, the reality is we could get home and you could say, hey, this was fun, but I don't know if this is for me. Um, and so like kind of, bless you, oh, making you. sure that, everything was going well and then that kind of that last round of like oh we're gonna have to do this uh, wasn't on the agenda i really don't want to do that and so that was probably the one moment that i didn't handle super well in the whole trip but which is surprising because the entire trip was that way and like i said most of the time like i'm super used to that like Every other, you know, trip abroad, there is a, a large element of not being in control. But for whatever reason, I got a I got a burr in my saddle, and uh, but it didn't last no too terribly long. Mm -mm. And I mean, everything ended how it was supposed to, with the exception of. We still don't have our Bolivian coffee yet. <laughs> Which was expected. Yeah. Um, we're still working on that. But, uh, I mean, all that to say, like, I look forward to the next time that we go back to Hostel, Buena Vista. Same. Stay, that place is cool. Stay in the same place and just chill. I'm looking forward to those empanadas. Mm -hmm. I told you. I told those you going in. Those empanadas were fantastic. The best empanadas in all of Bolivia. Or that little cafe in Buena Vista. Dude, they were so good. You know what's crazy? Mm. So this weekend for the 4th, we went and met my folks over at Callaway Gardens. And um, there was a food truck there. And it was empanadas, and it was owned by an Argentinian lady. And they had a, mm. they had a beef empanada with the hard-boiled egg. Oh, man. The... Uh, Raisins and uh, green olive, like in Bolivia. Nice. And it was, it just took me back. That's awesome. Yep. I realized the other night I had a dream about... About empanadas? About empanadas. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, oh, man. Man, I'm hungry. Yeah. And I was I was dreaming about, I mean, the ones that like you could get at the university that they're like savory cheese empanadas, but then they put powdered sugar on top. Mm -hmm. I have something about that combo that's just amazing. What is you? What is with you and sugar? When it's not sugar, it was just the flavor compound or you know combination. I mean, it wasn't bad. No, but my it's that sweet, savory, salty, uh, all in one. Mine was the the other one. Yeah, that was I. I could eat ten of those. She was surprised that I ate six, 
Which, I mean, in hindsight, maybe I'm a little surprised too, but man, they were so good. You ate six empanadas from that food truck? Yeah. No, 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 no. I ate oh. three from there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, six. At the restaurant. At the restaurant. Yes. We were checking out and I said, I had six and a, and a water. And she was like, six? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. And so then we... Longest day back. No, no, no. Wait. The parrot. Ernesto. It took me a while to remember his name. Was it Ernesto? I am pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Ernesto. It started with a L. Lorenzo. You're right. It was Lorenzo. How did you do that? I've been trying to figure that out for two weeks. Lorenzo! (laughs) Lorenzo Vinny! So me and Matt were sitting at this... At this... uh, at this cafe in Buena Vista. And the cafe or this uh, the square that we were on um, is just the city square. And there's a park across the street from mm-hmm. where we were. And all the streets are like brick, like hand-laid brick streets. And like it's just beautiful, right? And we're sitting there and um, we're on the front patio, um, what I guess you would consider the sidewalk. And there's this big like pergola over the top with flowering vines and stuff and the owner or one of the owners of the cafe was sitting behind us at a table behind us and she was shouting at what we thought was this man mm-hmm. Lorenzo it was so funny because I was just like I was annoyed after the first couple of minutes I was like man Lorenzo needs to come on like but it was a bird. It was a parrot. It was a blue macaw. And it sat in the tree. Taunting. The, <laughs> it would say, come here. And he'd say, no. Yep. <laughs> she yelled, Lorenzo. And nope. So we went out and we looked at Lorenzo in the tree. It was pretty cool. It was. Uh, was it later we found out that... Uh, was it Lorenzo or the the Scarlet McCall, the red one that was also at the same cafe that left for a while? It was the Scarlet one. It was the other one. Yeah, left for a while. We don't know what back. its name was, but it had flown away, went to the jungle. Luna, was it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my theory holds. It, uh, unconfirmed theory that Luna went into the jungle, laid an egg, raised a chick, and then came back. Well, and you got bit by the. By the third bird. Yeah, the green parrot. And Which I think is hilarious because not only did you get... <laughs> you offered your finger up. Mm-hmm. The parrot stuck, like, took your finger into its mouth gently. Yes. You left it there. And then it was like, okay, stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then it was like... By the time we were getting on the the flight that night, I'm like, it was tender, wasn't it? It was swollen, and I'm like, I might lose a finger <laughs> to a parrot bite. This is ridiculous. How is it now? You good I'm, now? Yeah, all nine. <laughs> They're all fine. No, I'm good. Uh, I was gonna like get a horrific, like gangrenous picture online and Photoshop it on like the finger onto my hand and send you a picture while you were like, because we took a a good little break from each other after we got back. And you was like, we said, as soon as we got back, we left. Yeah. Well, we had some stuff to talk about and you were like, we can talk about it after father's day. Like, let's get a week. 
home. Um, and so I was going to send you a picture of this like horrific, like gangrenous finger and be like, look how bad it's gotten. And what's hilarious is I would have been like, dude, you should go to a doctor and you'd be like, nah, no, we're taking colloidal silver. I've got some if essential I, if oil. If I lose it, I'll lose yeah, it. Yeah, if it falls off, I falls off. Eventually Whatever. I'm just going to take a pair of yeah. 10 snips and mm-hmm. just take it off. Yep. Exactly. I would have done it if it came to I know you would. So I know you would. Um, fortunately, that didn't happen. But leaving Buena Vista, our last day, we thought it, we thought we had a long day of travel getting there. It was even worse getting back. Well, I mean, if we, you know, kind of coming to the end of the our debrief, like that was, so we were up that morning packing to leave Buena Vista, two-hour drive back to Santa Cruz. Then, oh, and then when we got to Santa Cruz, we had to go get our COVID tests. Mm-hmm. While we were sitting in the <laughs> clinic, sitting in the clinic waiting room to get we our COVID were there tests, fifteen minutes. Uh, we get a I get a notification on my phone from the Wall Street Journal that the United States is ending its entry requirement protocols for COVID next day. The next day at midnight. And it's like, literally, we're some of the last people that will ever have to jump through this hoop. But let's do it. We're here. We had already had our test by that point. That's true. We're just waiting on yeah. the results. So we got our test back. 15 minutes into a 20-minute test. So we were we were uh, cleared to travel home. Everything was good. And you're like, what happens if we, we test positive? Well, and at that point, we would have just had to wait until Monday and, and fly out. So, and then... Uh, it was kind of hanging around, and then we had dinner with the Bolivian Agri Trade guys that night. You know, and that's I'm glad that we did because originally, whenever we were meeting with them earlier in the mm-hmm. week, we said no. Yeah. They asked, "What do you want to do dinner one night while you're here?" And we're like, "Ah, we don't know if we'll have time." And but I'm glad we made time, right? And what it worked out. So they took us to a really nice um, steakhouse. Steakhouse, which if you haven't picked up, like. Bolivian barbecue, like the churrascarias, unbelievable. That's kind of their thing. And so Walter threw us a big uh, barbecue, and then we went to this really nice steakhouse. And uh, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, all right, you guys order. We're good with whatever. And it just literally, same thing as Walter's. It just felt like they just kept being plates and plates of grilled meat coming out. They brought all kinds of stuff yeah. out. It so was, it was amazing. Short ribs were good there too. Yes, they were. And then after, like we said, I think in the last episode, um, wrapping up that dinner, and then they said, let's go get coffee. And they had suggested a place, and we said, well, we really like Alta Tostado. And they like, said, yeah. no, 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 no. We know a place. And so they took us to Alchemia, which unbelievable blew my socks off yeah and i think we'll be talking about how great it was for episodes to come it was just it ticked all the boxes of what we would look for in a coffee shop what we would want to one day open in a bricks and mortar shop it was just i don't i think the only other place like it and i've told you this that might top it is when we go to baristro in thailand because 
same. You mentioned it, but I don't think we've talked extensively about it. It's a different, different flavor, I guess, because uh, it's Southeast Asian coffee culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's it's super cool. I mean, it's in a old, like it looks like Soviet era building hmm. that's been restored, and then so you go in the front, and it's like unfinished. It looks like unfinished uh, cinder block. Well, then you go through. And the the back opens in this beautiful terrace that overlooks the Ping River. They have like a Japanese tea garden, and you actually can like get if you reserve it, you can go to the tea house and have your coffee in a legitimate like Japanese style tea house. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, and the coffee's on par. The way they do things is on par. They have a pour over bar where you go out and you pick. You know, I want this variety from Lao or wherever. And the guy will ask you, you know, what kind of grind size and what kind of ratio and does the pour over right there for you and everything. So it's legit. It's pretty cool. So one thing I do remember about the coffee shop, hmm. the coffee shop in, uh, Al- Alchemia. Mm-hmm. Remember our barista? Yeah. Asked what the name of our coffee company was. He was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not sure that you have. But you're being really polite, and that's nice. Yeah. You know, he was a nice guy. Hey, he made a dang good cup of coffee. He sure did. And I think he was just jazzed that we had that level of passion. Like, this was his, this was clearly, like, his passion, right? Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, a barista, barista that, you know. It's not a Starbucks part-time worker. Correct. I wasn't going to name drop the green and white. But, Excuse me. Uh, yeah, it's not... not. Well, I mean, there's no dig at Starbucks. No. It's more a dig at the part-time worker. It's more dig at you know, the American mentality of, I don't want to work more than anything. Let's not get too political. Okay. But anyway, point is, this guy was super passionate about making really good coffee. And when he found out that we were also super passionate about making really good coffee... Then you know it was an immediate connection. Yeah, we had a common language, so it was cool. So that was we finished up at the at Alchemia, and then it was to the airport. So we finished there like what nine thirty after yeah, dinner. Like that. Checked into the airport at ten thirty for a flight that we had to at, wait till midnight to go through security. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then it, our flight left at one, and so at that point. We had been up for 19 hours straight to get to our first flight. And then we flew to Panama City, Panama, and caught the next flight to Houston. Going through customs and everything in Houston was super easy. Yep. And then we caught the flight to Atlanta, landed, got our bags. The car was right where we left it, which was always a plus. Um... And then I think, like, that was when, like, landing and coming back to Macon, we talked business for maybe five minutes of, like, here's what's coming. But I don't think you and I talked much at all that entire ride back. Well, we were both. We were pasted. Exhausted. Yeah. Um, I was really glad you were driving, and I didn't have to worry about it. Well, and then I had another. I know. Yeah. 
you dropped me off and we were in the middle of like a conversation. I was like, just go home, see your girls. We'll talk in a couple of days. I didn't even come into your house. Mm-hmm. I was like, tell her. I said, hey, I'm going to go home. Yeah. Which was okay. So. Was it on the way back? That the, I think it was. From Bolivia to Panama, the guy, the former military guy that sat in the chair next to me. Or was mm. that on the way down? I think it was on it the was way, on way up. It was on the way back, yeah. <laughs> From New Jersey. Oh, I was so I was so mad. You got the middle seat. Yep. You were next to me. And listen, bud, I, I think we shared the name of our podcast with you. If you are, I mean, what are you going to do? Come to Georgia? He might. He could. Yeah. But I mean, he I w- got the middle seat. Yeah. You had turned your back to me a little bit. I know, I mean, your intentions were good because you were trying to give me a little more room. So you were moving your arm out of the way so that I could have the armrest. Well, but that guy. Because you had made it a, you made it a deal that you never got the armrest being stuck in the middle. So I was like, well, I'm going to give you the armrest. Yep. But then that guy, he took basically one. sat in my lap. Yeah. And well, he was a broad fellow. He was a big dude. Yeah, he was. So, but that was but that like was, you got to sleep. He was sleep. He was snoring, and I'm just sitting there like cramped in the middle, mm-hmm. like sandwiched in. And then you woke up and you're like, "Hey, man, did you uh, did you get some rest?" And I was like, "No," I had. You leaned up against me. Yep. And then this guy. And this guy trying to crawl in my lap. And he was like, what? I know. <laughs> oh, you speak English? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm from New Jersey. My wife's Bolivian, or my mom's Bolivian. I was like, okay. Well, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he was. But, um, I, I do hope he's listening to the yeah. podcast. Cause... Yep, so that was a the end of a really long trip through all that um did you learn anything about me that you didn't know no i'm pretty much there was a lot that i learned about you hanging out before like when we were Mm -hmm. like when we're roasting or like when we were camping out at the farm or when we went hunting or fishing like i learned more about you there than i did on the trip Hmm. i was not surprised by anything that's good other than (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I swatted your nighttime medicine into the toilet, that yeah. was the, that was so good. It was unbelievable. It was. Yeah. It was perfect. So, I don't even know how to start that story. But basically, yeah, like my pill bottle for my nighttime medicine, I was tossing it up in the air and you swatted it. You ta- you were tossing it into your bag. We were That's talking right. on opposite sides of That's your right. room. And I was throwing it into the bag. And I swatted fat and like it, a cat. It left your hand, went through the open bathroom door, hit the wall behind the toilet, perfect bounce, and landed right into the open toilet. And I was like, well, that's just perfect. That's, that's exactly what I wanted. Um... No, I'm glad I'm pretty much an open book that you didn't learn that much. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. And I didn't think that I would be. Cool. I Well, and I think of the one thing 
that like I picked up while traveling with you was like I'm when I'm overseas I can know I can be pretty type A like up go 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 you seem pretty relaxed most of the time we were doing stuff and I remember like I'd be like all right I'm gonna get up and go this 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 and then we're gonna leave at this time and you're like okay and you would get out of bed 10 minutes before we were leaving and be perfectly ready to go like by the time we were walking out the door and I'm like wow not like you laid around all the time but like in the morning yeah that caught me off guard did it really yeah I mean I figured you would be up and going like me but well and it's not like I mean you would get up a an hour or so before Mm -hmm. me and get your day started but it wasn't like a ton of time though no so well, cool. Well, that and like I'd, before I'd actually physically get up, I'll sit there and read something or. Right. But. Hmm. And I, you and I both have the same work ethic. So, you know, that was good. You know, before we left, we, we assumed that we would both be on the same like rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned that. I don't know if we talked about it in a podcast episode, but. I don't think we did. Because my concern, before actually leaving, my concern was that we would be like opposite. Mm-hmm. Like when you were ready to relax, I'd be ready to work. And when I was ready to relax, you'd be ready to work. Right. We'd get agitated or we'd just be like, because I mean, we, were, we had plans to record many more episodes than we actually did, but schedules just didn't allow. And part of it, you just roll with the punches. Yeah. So, but like I expected things, that is what I expected to be mm-hmm. di- more different than it was. But I thought we wor- worked pretty well on the same schedule. Yeah. I'd do it again. Yeah. I mean, I would too. Cool. Well, we got a couple of opportunities coming up, so. Yep. Well, guys, this has been a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. A good um, series. It's been a great series. Um, be expecting, if you will, go to the slowdrippodcast.com. Um, you can fill out the contact form on the contact page. Um, just shoot us a message, anything you'd like, just uh, so we can have your have your contact information. Uh, but we are going to be putting out Bolivian coffee, it may be by the time you're hearing this, we should have it stateside. Mm-hmm. We'll be uh, running through our test roasts and trying to figure out our uh, our stuff there. Definitely. So, yeah, drop us a line because um, you don't want to miss the announcement of that new coffee coming to the shop for sure. Yep. It's going to be... It's going to be really good. Yep, it is. Yeah. But... Cool. You want to uh, take a break? I think it's time to break. All right.